greetings to all of you listening, to those of you who are chasing their bliss, and to those who have found it and are living it every day. It's Friday, December 15th, 2023, and this is Fortell's Fortune Told. I'm your host, Fortell. As always, this is a show about music and musicians, songwriting and performing, and the stories of real people investing themselves into this art form because it's who they are. Well, we're honored to have Denny Driscoll on today. Denny and I met back in 2016 when I had recently discovered that I had to get a divorce. And as you repeat listeners know, I started becoming Fortel. It's ironic during this interview that Denny calls me by my first name because he's someone who often calls me Fortel when we're out performing. But he knows me quite well, as I was saying. You know, he helped and welcomed me into being a professional musician as he has helped and welcomed many, many more into the music scene. This facet of Denny Driscoll is something that continues today as he continues to wrangle the cats that are us musicians and reinvent himself over and over and helps others do the same. But in thinking about today's thoughts, I realized that one of the things Denny and I both like and are drawn to when it comes to music are vocal harmonies. Harmonies are just something that's core and is, it just draws us in. It's core to music. And we, we've sang together quite a bit over the years and we both had, have the fortune to sing with a few amazing others today, but I often play instrumental songs with Defunct Railroad and I've enjoyed strictly in, instrumental songs throughout my life. And so I thought today, what are some of the most memorable instrumentals? In fact, I have ranked my top 10 instrumental songs of all time. So dig this. Maybe you'll like this list. I'm not sure. Here we go. Number 10. Tequila by the Champs. Yes, that iconic dance, uh, the Pee Wee Herman movie. Not only is it an awesome instrumental, it's also got a dance associated with it, and it's super fun. And there's a shout-out, so I guess it's not a true instrumental, but it's number 10 maybe because of that. Number 9, I'm going with Chariots of Fire, Vangelis. So this is that four-minute, breaking the four-minute mile movie, crossing the finish line, feeling triumphant, very iconic in my lifetime. And when I hear it, I think of winning a marathon race. Number eight, Dueling Banjos. Yes, doesn't it instantly bring you back to the Alabama backwoods, somewhere down south at least. That is written by Eric Weisberg. Number seven, Feels So Good by Chuck Mangione. This is that, I think it's late 70s, early 80s pop, jazz flugelhorn I've actually had the pleasure of performing that with my high school jazz band and playing it on flugelhorn which is a different kind of horn that just fits that song perfectly and it does feel so good to hear it and to play that song 
Number six, Foggy Mountain Breakdown by the Foggy Mountain Boys. Yes, Lester Flat, Earl Scruggs, this classic, iconic bluegrass tune. There's quite a bit that are just purely instrumentals in the bluegrass realm, and I wanted to represent them. They became number six with Foggy Mountain Breakdown. Number five is The Pink Panther by Henry Mancini. This could be higher, it could be lower, but I put it right at number five. It is loved by all ages, all countries, it seems. It's loved all over, and it is a fun song. Number four, Take Five by the Dave Brubeck Trio. This is one I'm going to classify as you've heard it in all movies and all TV shows. Not all, but you get the feeling. You get the idea there. Number three, Monsieur Lou by Dick Dale and the Deltones. Yes, this classic surf guitar OG and his most iconic song. You've, you know it, you love it. It's a wonderful song to listen to. Number two, coming in second is... Green Onions by Booker T and the MGs. Oh my goodness. This is another one you could classify. It's all over movies. It's all over TV shows. And you want to dance to it. And you want to walk around a city, whatever they happen to be doing when they play that song. And number one, Fortell's most favorite all instrumentals. Written by Santo and Johnny, it's Sleepwalk. Yes, this classic song will always live in my heart as something that I've wished I wrote because it is just truly a beautiful song and it's something that is memorable. It fits a lot of different visuals and it makes me think of playing with Defunct Railroad. It makes me think of my grandparents. It makes me think of my parents. It makes me think of dancing, like at a some kind of middle school dance or something like that, even though it's older than me. Um, and it, there's a story around the song where he actually woke up in the middle of the night and couldn't sleep and wrote that song. So number one for me is Sleepwalk. Spotlight songwriting. Today I want to talk about introductions, overtures, and how to set up a song. So the purpose of an introduction is to set up that song, to gain the listener's interest, to draw them in. It's setting up expectations. It's declaring something is worthy here and coming ahead. It can be most anything. It could be chords, riffs, vocal solos or harmonies. It could be a complete overture, 
a mini little segment of every little thing you're about to give them. As in the song we have featured today on this podcast, Denny Driscoll's song, North Platte Morning Prayer. North, sorry, North Platte, North Platte River Morning Prayer. <laughs> sorry, I screwed that up, Denny. It's a nice little overture into what is coming ahead. And when it comes to intros, I think the catchier the better. It doesn't have to be, it can be even simple. It depends on what that song calls for, what your artistic thoughts bring to it, what color you want to give that vibe, that aura of the song. But when it comes to being catchy or just memorable, think about these songs and their introductions. Billie Jean by Michael Jackson. If you heard that song, that intro, you would know what's coming. You know you're probably going to be dancing. And it's memorable. So if you hear it again, once you experience it, it's coming back. What about this one? Come Together by the Beatles. Or what about the final countdown by Europe? Once it's used in a commercial, you almost never want to hear that again, but that was a very catchy song when it first hit. Same with Eye of the Tiger by Survivor. Setting expectations for a victory ahead, I would say. And then there's even a song like Money from Pink Floyd, where they're using archaic cash machines, cashier machines, to make a musical rhythm, where they then introduce a bass line, and yet, it, the rhythm is already set up by these cash machines. I mean, that is iconic. It's unique. It's catchy. It sets up the song with its rhythm. And you know what? You can do the same. Create a unique, catchy intro that sets up the song and make it great. Today's guest is a performing musician and singer-songwriter out of Longmont, Colorado, Denny Driscoll. Denny entertains with a pleasant humor and a kind approach. With over 300 covers and a long list of originals, he provides a tasteful, acoustic, musical experience. You can find him performing solo, or with duo trio Gypsy Wood, and for a full band experience with Boogaloo Revival. Without further ado, the man, the myth, the legend, Denny Driscoll. Hi, Denny. Hey, what's up, Mark? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Why don't you introduce yourself to the audience for us for a little bit? Sure. I'm Denny Driscoll from Longmont, Colorado. Before that, I lived in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Before that, I lived in Sharon, Pennsylvania. Sharon is right between Cleveland and Pittsburgh. Oh, okay. So Western PA. Pretty coal mining, you know. Yeah, and, pretty, and, uh, right? Yeah. Like mountainous? Or? That's where I grew up. Oh, wow. Went to school there. Got almost all of my musical education from, from uh, 
the local uh, school district. It was incredible program, award-winning program. I was in the choir for the, my whole <clears throat> school career. And then I was in the uh, glee club at John Carroll University, which was a groovy experience. We drove all around uh, New England. Um, Wow. Stopping at girls' colleges, of course, primarily, you know, because it was a men's glee club. So, we, <laughs> we, just like just like today, Mark, you, you know, you're looking for the the right place to play. Yeah. So, and and that that's I I I got uh, I got uh, out of the restaurant business, which is what I was in for about 25 years, and went back to college and got a degree from a uh, business university that is uh, no longer in business. I, I hope that's not lost on anybody. <laughs> but um, I came out here to take a job with Lockheed Martin Corporation. So I kind of like made a definitely a return and got out here and I actually didn't play any music for about 12 years while my kids were growing up. You know, what was going on around my house was... Uh, Raffy in the wheels and on the bus, shit like that. <laughs> so, uh, came out here and, and got uh, back into it in Longmont with a bunch of people that were like-minded individuals. And in fact, I I, uh, I got started when I, I went to the Sandra and I were hiking and we came back and it was a hot afternoon. We were thirsty, so we went to Left Hand Brewing for a beer. And while I was there, I, I looked out on the patio. This was before it was all fancy ass, you know. It was mm -hmm. like a brick wall or, you know, cement block walls, you know, and like three tap heads and wow, shit like that. Uh, but uh, I, I looked out the window as I was on my way to the bathroom, and, I, and out there I noticed three gentlemen, and they were playing guitars. And not only that, they were smoking cigars. <laughs> nice. And additionally, they were drinking beer. Of course. Yeah. So I said, I said, fuck, I, I must know these people. <laughs> these, these are my cats. Awesome. So I, I went out, said hi, made some quick introductions because I was with Sandra. She was waiting for me. And nice. I, uh, the guy gave me his guitar and I sat down and, you know, I played it for 45 minutes. And I awesome. looked up and there was Sandra in the door going kind of like, you know, what the fuck? Wow, she knew yeah, you before and, and you were playing music? She did not know, know I was a guitar player. She didn't know that. Wow, no. that's awesome. That is so cool, man. It's a great um, story. So, And what was the name that... So you eventually formed a band with those gents, didn't you? Oh, yes. That was the Left Hand Market Boys. Right. We played at the Farmer's Market uh, every Saturday for four years, maybe four and a half years. Awesome. And we collected money and we would go back to left hand and we'd count up the money and um, everybody would get a beer and we, we, we kept it aside and at the end of the year we gave it to uh, a local uh, charity. That's amazing. That uh, helped helped uh, women who were, were in uh, bad relationships. That's amazing. Who were the other gents in that band then? Do you remember So Mike Beam okay. uh, and I were the predominant ones. Gotcha. Uh, Rex Stevens played bass. Sometimes his girlfriend accompanied us. Awesome. Uh, the late Tony Kindlespire was known to sit in with us. No doubt. Wow. Rick Marcolina, who is still about town. I playing, play with Rick all the time. Playing so. with uh, R. Well, he's with R3 now. Yeah. Yes. 
And so it was just a very local thing, and we, you know, that 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 group basically came out of a bunch of people who started getting together in the in the back room at Left Hand about noon on uh, every Saturday, and we played music. And sometimes there were, you know, fifteen guitars. That's it's pretty cacophonous, actually. That is pretty amazing. But you know, that's part of what I've known about you since I've met you, and. I was, I was curious because there's been other instances of bands that you've created that have led to very many members and then maybe a few go down to a few and then maybe explode again and then also just disappear and a new band forms or you, you form a new thing. So after Left Hand Market, what was your gig after that in your lineage? Well, I think... Uh, Do you just playing solo and... Yeah, I was pretty much just playing... And you're known, one of the big, biggest things solo. you're known for, besides all of your music, is you hosting this iconic open mic yeah. at Bootstrap Brewing, which is actually where we, me and you originally met, but it was the original location in Niwot, Colorado. That's right. Do you, you remember know, that? Yeah, of course I do. Okay, yeah, awesome. that's, It's been almost 10 years, you know, and I remember awesome. how little it was, and I remember how, how timid... Um, the uh, owners were about uh, getting music because they were tucked back in a uh, little little neighborhood, you know. That's right. and, and they ended up having some uh, confrontations with uh, neighbors who didn't like the volume eventually. But gotcha. yeah, they were always very supportive, you know, of op the open mic stuff. They built a stage there, you know. Within a year, they're being open, you know. Yeah. And there, and it, that was a little place, but they they found the dough to get it. Um, up and running. I think it was probably uh, done for trade for beer by local, you know, ne'er do wells who love beer. <laughs> <laughs> right. So yeah. I know they've become really successful. They took yeah. over. Was it the old Daily Camera building in Longmont? Yep. yep. And uh, they've been there ever since. Um, I've been had the pleasure of performing there a few times, and Denny performs there all the time, and obviously hosts the open mic there. But they're very supportive of music, so check out Bootstrap Brewing in Longmont, Colorado. Shout out. Uh, but where I met him originally in the Niwot, um, we eventually led to playing together in a band. Here in the Cellar was the name of that band. Oh, that's right. That and, was a uh, ball. We, I, I totally say, forgot about that. Oh my gosh, Denny, I have not. Um, super fun band full of super talented musicians, if I don't say so for oh, myself. Yeah. Everybody in the band could just yeah. do it. It was... It's true. And, and we had many part harmonies. Yep. Playing Denny's songs and a lot of covers. And Dan Power was uh, Dan in Power. that. Keith Lee banged drums for a little bit. Yeah, and, and Rick was it, in that. Rick Marcolino right, was in that Right, right. And then uh, turned it over to, what was that, what's that oh, woman? That, Ariel. Uh, Ariel. Yes. Holy shit. She was a great drummer. 19, 20 years She ditched old? us on Valentine's Day. That's right. She did. And oh, then, man. And then, I don't remember if she did, said something. I don't remember. But I remember she did move, though, eventually. Yeah, she States, moved away. So she, she gone. But that, she was incredible. And then, oh, who else was in that band? I think it was maybe it. But wow, just so many amazing singers and so many great nights. We had a really great night up in Allen's Park on a Halloween night. Oh, I will never forget right. that day. That was a great show. There's only maybe 25 to 50 people in the audience, I think. Yeah. But wow did we kill it on stage it was that band just it was the per, it was like the peak of our existence I think yeah, and that was a fun that was a fun act I'm sure Denny has some ancient videos out there from many years ago when that was five six seven years I'm not even sure but uh 
that was a really fun thing. Um, yeah, I use Facebook almost exclusively to uh, to I've keep noticed. track to keep track of my antics and to share with anybody that's interested. So, you, so yeah, check him out on Facebook. That's really how to find him. I, you think he used to have a website, but I don't, I don't think that's up there anymore. Yeah, I I, it, I had to I had to pay for it. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and I couldn't I tell what I, I pay couldn't tell what I was getting. I get it, man. I'm yeah. I'm thinking about pulling mine because I actually have to redo it all. So thanks for that advice, there, brother. Um, so you you're definitely um, some some you also you obviously are kind of a leader in the scene here. You've been established. Almost everybody knows you, man. And um, you're you're just you're you're someone of envy from almost anybody doing this, trying to do this. And it's so great. I thank you again for being on this. But I want to almost talk to you about like what inspires you. Like, do you have early? What's your earliest memory of something music or something musical? Like um, your mom singing or you know something like that when you were a kid. Do you have any early memories? Wow, that's a great question. Thanks. I think. Uh... I think my earliest um, recollection of music was, I, I couldn't even tell you how old I was. I was probably just barely running around, but I was in a car going somewhere with my dad. And yeah, he start, started singing uh, the old cotton fields back home. And after a couple times through, I, you know, I, I think I learned it. And uh, that that would have been would have been my first uh, recollection about it. But I've always been, uh, you know, if I hear music, you know, I I, I it beckons me, you know, and uh, there's this energy go, connection. Yeah, I know what you mean personally. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, so where I'm getting at with this too is, like, where deep down, like, why do you think you do music? Is it that energy? Is it? Is there something character egos or something? Um, be, you know, is there anything like that? Have you analyzed ever anything like that about yourself? Oh, I think about it all the time. It's, you know, it's um, I uh, I do it because, of course, it it meets my prime objective, which is fun. You know, <laughs> enjoyment. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm a I'm kind of a Buddhist that way, and uh, you know, but um, yeah, so I, I, I enjoy it. That's predominantly why I do it. But it, as far as ways to justify why I do it, more than this is fun. I mean, it's it's great for you. It's so much better than a Sudoku puzzle. I'm, no I'm 67, by the way, you know, so I, I try to keep busy. And um, it, it, it also, when you're singing, you're, you're working your lungs, you know, and you're breathing and you're moving your instrument around, you know, and sometimes you got to move gear. So it's kind of like going to the gym. So I keep, you know, all that stuff is, it keeps me, uh, keeps me in my fit <coughs> form. I hear you. So do you have any uh, major influences in music that you can think of? Yeah, I think way back, uh, my high school choir director, Edgar S. Groves, <clears throat> was a uh, was influential to me, and um, I think after that, uh, my influences became you know recording artists, people that I could listen to in uh, you know the late '60s and '70s. 
Uh, so it was, a lot of it was, you know, AM radio stars, you know. Mm. <clears throat> I discovered FM probably in night like 1971. And I started hearing people like Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young, uh, James Taylor, and uh, Carol King, and um, Neil Young. So those those were probably the most influential people on me, and because because I think I think I um, have a, a soft spot uh, for vocal vocal music, you know, and multiple harmonies, you know, and I. I remember being really, uh, really thrilled to do like madrigals in high school, high school choir, you know, because, you know, there's interaction of voices and uh, stuff like that. But yeah, vo vocal stuff, Queen. Yeah. You know. So that's something about are, harmony, right? It's just yeah. musical voices, voice, vocal harmonies, something magical about you know, the original musical instrument, our voice, right? It's, um, I can relate in that aspect too. It's something that I truly enjoy too. Maybe that's something that made us connect too. Yeah. That we, because we actually could sing together. You know, there's only so many people in life that I've actually sung with and it's actually worked. Yeah. You know, I mean, seriously, when you think about it, you've got a lot more on your list than I do, but yeah. you're one of mine, which well, it, did, it actually <laughs> did work, you know? And it does work. We could still go and sing it together. We just haven't done it lately. I don't know why. We just yeah. Didn't. We're both like kind of doing our own busyness. Yeah. <laughs> Holy cow. And plus, everybody been sick for a couple of years, you know? No so doubt. A lot of so people true. not getting out. I remember used to do the open mic at uh, Cowboy. Uh, yeah, Mount Cowboy. Yeah, Mount Cowboy. Yep. Um, it was every week, right? No. Well, we used to do it every month. Now it's every. Now it's twice a Twice a right. week, but during COVID, it just shut down for yeah. the whole year. They used down. to have, they used to pay people to play over there, right? No, 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 no. They, uh, no, it's just sign up and come play. That's all it is. Uh, but they definitely support it. They, um, they've supported it to keep going and they enjoy the night. The owners are most always there and they're listening and sometimes they book those people. Um, but it's just such a really cool atmosphere. People have called it the best open mic in the area. And I'm not sure why, um, but it's just something that's worth checking out, I guess. And Denny's played there a few times. He actually knows what we're talking about. But um, Frederick and Longmont are a good 20 miles apart or so, I think, uh, from driving distance. Maybe not as the crows fly. But um, Denny's definitely got the one in the Longmont area to go find out again at Bootstrap. And, of course, mine is at Mountain Cowboy um, in Frederick. So... Speaking of all that, do you have any upcoming gigs you'd like to promote? Because this is going to be dropped oh Friday, God. which is it's, a couple days from now. It's so. the end of the season. Right, um, so there's not much going on these days. Yeah, just just uh, just the open mic I get to play at. I usually play an hour beforehand with my, with oh, my yeah, friends right. uh, that are in uh, Boogaloo Revival from 5 to 6. And then we kick off the open mic. Uh, I'll also be playing at Bootstrap Brewing on the 29th of December with Boogaloo Revival. That'll be a three-hour show, free of course, and uh, great beer, and we're going to hoot it up and look forward to seeing you there. And we, and I don't know what's going to happen in the, the next year. Of course. You know, um, to, it's worth noting that the open mic sign-up is at 5.30, and also all performers get a free beer. Oh, that's right. That's worth noting. That is something that many open mic artists are looking for because, or else it costs them money to go because you, you always have at least one beer when you're going to open mic. So at least, you know, most of us do. Um, 
Anyway, um, and then your show uh, is it the 29th? What are, what's the time of that? He says three hours. That's show. six to nine. Six to nine. Great to, to mention that. Awesome, Denny. Well, thank you so much for coming. I have one more question for you. Um, do you have any advice for someone that's trying to do this? Maybe they're thinking about starting out. Maybe they're going to start out. They're going to do it. Maybe they have started out. Um, or maybe they're kind of experienced and they're thinking, you know, what's going on? What, what's going on in the industry? Any advice or words of wisdom for somebody doing that? Yeah. Um, play a lot. Play in front of people. Play, play at the corner where trucks start up. Learn how to tolerate all that stuff early on. Make fun of it. Make it a part of your act, you know, when you're playing in front of people. You never know what the fuck is going to happen. That brings us to the end of this episode of Fortel's Fortune Told. I want to thank you so very much, as I certainly appreciate y'all listening today. And feel free to interact more at foretellmusic.com. But for now, I'll send you into the sunset with Denny's song, North Platte River Morning Prayer. And I hope your journey is as expected. Pretty ride from Cheyenne to the fishing hole. Folks that know that road all say the same. There's pigs and holes there in that river, even though she blows. Let's saddle up, take a nip, and head out up the plain. Windswept grass and summer green get silver brown with snow between rolling hills and rocky buttes pretty up the highway scene mountains on left and right peering in the morning light sunrise around that time drives away the winter night it's a mighty pretty ride from Cheyenne to the fishing hole Folks that know that road all say the same There's pigs and holes there in that river Even though she blows Let's saddle up, take a nip Head out up the plain I and Dave go fishing There's a thousand rainbows everywhere Hail gets hard in summertime And lightning makes the wussy scared Oysters at the Sunset Grill Give my daddy quite a thrill The other fellas I know for sure Mayhem might be on the bill You lay me you lay I bet you're going fishing all the time Your baby's going fishing too Bet your life, your sweet wife Catch more fish than you There's times when the weather's good 
fishing's never half as fine. I prefer them on winter days when they close the snow gates right behind us. Blend low down to Casper Town, early morning whiskey rounds. Meet the reef about the sunrise. It's time to let the drift go down. Let the drift go down. It's a mighty pretty ride from Cheyenne to the fishing hole. Folks that know that road all say the same. There's pigs and holes there in that river, even though she blows. Let's saddle up, take a nip, head out up the Take a nip and head out of the plane.